Ladies and gentlemen, guess what? It's a Mingry Nation podcast, and we are, well, I'm back in HQ. You've always been in HQ. Uh, last time we recorded this, I was high atop the Ford Center at Star, and we were feeling good because we had just beaten Rice, and now we're feeling kind of bad because we just lost to Louisiana Tech, uh, and, you know, Louisiana Tech ended up going on to lose the, the title game to UAB, a very good UAB team um and i guess a little poetic justice is that they lost the same way and for the same reason i guess that we lost which was that they couldn't shoot their dude keaston willis their shooter right our shooter mcbride went two for 14 in two games or something their shooter uh he went over nine in the championship game that's not the time to go over nine and i'm talking about keaston willis uh, it was, it was, nobody could hit nothing. There was air balls all over the place. It was terrible. Um, and I mean, I found myself rooting against UAB if, I, but it was one of those things. This happened to me in the Louisiana Tech game when they were playing West Kentucky. I felt like whoever was going to be leading in the last minute, I was going to root for the underdog because I just didn't want to see that team happy. And that's what happened. Western Kentucky got up and I was like, come on, Tech. And then Tech got up and I was like, oh man, come on, Western, <laughs> come on, Western. And so it just, that kind of thing. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, we have with us, uh, you know him as Greg Goddick, but today he is uh, Greg, the Mean Green Nation official bracketologist. <laughs> mm. Mm. He denies it because he's humble, but uh, he's the only one that's been retweeting these sites. It was like, uh, I don't know, was it like thebarkingcrow.com? You know? <laughs> You're digging deep. You're digging deep. Uh, you know, I see you can't see it, but in the back he has a chalkboard. His whole room is chalkboard, and he has it. He has like Richmond crossed out. You know, arrows pointing. He has Mike Shashevsky's face. Uh, you know, just lots of stuff happening over there. Uh, Greg, can you tell us before we do some recaps and other stuff? Are we going to the tournament? And uh, um, you know, if which tournament are we going to? <laughs> I was going to say, we're going to a tournament. Yeah, yeah. Can't cross out Richmond. They just beat Davidson, punched mm-hmm. their ticket, and that was really the one uh, bid stealer today that's for somebody's bubble, whether mm-hmm. it's ours or Oklahoma's or SMU's, Xavier's, Wyoming, VCU. You know, so, somebody obviously is not going to be happy with the Richmond win today. They beat Davidson by two mm-hmm. in the A-10 championship. Just finished up about um, 30, 45 minutes ago. So, I mean, I think there's still slim hope for North Texas, right? You know, yeah. because they haven't they haven't uh, put the, the selection out there. That'll come after the Big Ten championship on CBS. But it's slim. Regardless of that, you know, if we don't get that, we're going to the NIT and we'll probably be a two seed or at worst a three seed in the NIT. And, and that ain't have bad. A home game. Yeah, that huh? ain't bad. That's not bad, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So I heard, um, you know, the way you hear these things, um, that I, I don't, I really don't know the NIT process. And it was not foremost in my mind to figure out what the NIT process is or was at the time. Uh, but they were like, yeah, we've already put in our paperwork or something like that. I think it's I, – I really don't know what's going on. I don't know what paperwork we would have put forth or what there is to do. Maybe – and here's what I'm assuming this means. And, again, it's like third-hand information. So take it uh, how you will. But it was something – I think it has something to do like, you know, there's probably criteria for hosting the NIT tournament. Like you need to have sufficient broadcasting, you know, and you need to have some blah, blah, blah. 
And I think the paperwork was submitted for that, just like a preliminary kind of deal. Um, yeah, I would say that too, because you know there was that. You, you've been traveling today, so there was this whole thing came out about Mississippi State with Ben Howland about him being fired, and mm-hmm. their athletic director posted on Twitter or came out with a statement saying he's not fired. We're waiting to um, hear if. Were selected for the NIT. It, it made it sound like something what you were saying, like they've they've submitted their paperwork, and if they're selected for the NIT, then they'll play it, and he'll be the coach. So, I mean, that kind of gives some merit to what you heard. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know exactly what what paperwork needs to be submitted. I imagine, uh, I mean, you know, like these things don't just, they don't just show up at your door and be like, all right, let's do some NIT today. You know, like you know, they they have to schedule it and they have to know. Um, what you have, if you're familiar with like, say the, uh, like soccer tournaments, like us soccer, right. Um, they, they do the U S open cup. You have to have a minimum level of facility to host a game. Like they won't, they won't let you have, they're like, do you have, can you, do you have room for an ambulance there? No. Well then no, you cannot host a game with, you know, players that are, you know, worth a ton of money. So it could also be, do you want to play? Do you yeah. want to participate, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. some sometime, I wouldn't I wouldn't say with the NIT, but some of the other ones, you know, maybe you just you're done for the year. You know, you're like NCAA or bust. We don't really care about the NIT, so maybe we're submitting paperwork to either turn it down or yes, we would like to be, um, we would accept an invite type thing. Yeah, I, I think the um... The, the part about like the the CBI or the what are they called the basketball classic I don't even know the difference it used to be like CIT and then the CBI right I think one of them became the basketball classic and I forget which one the uh, CIT yeah I believe. uh so those are pay to play kind of deals like you it's a postseason tournament uh, we obviously won one of them uh, and you have to like there's a deal right you have to you have to give a certain amount of like home revenue to them. Uh, and there's like that three game series for the final. It's kind of cool, actually. Um, whatever. Uh, they're a little diff- little bit different things, and um, there's some behind the scenes work that needs to happen uh, from an administration standpoint. But I think the the high level thing, right, is that the NIT will invite you if you won your regular season tournament. To your point, not everybody is excited to play in the NIT, right? I think North Texas is and will be excited to play in the NIT. Uh, but we, you never know, right? It could be that after such a loss to Louisiana Tech, they're like, you know what? We had a run, um, and I think we're done. Like We wanted the NCAA tournament. The NIT is not really what we want, and then turn it down. I think that would be a mistake. I think they should play in the NIT. However, you know, it's not my decision to make. Yeah, I mean, really, it's it's what are the mindset of guys like J.J. Murray, Jerez, uh, mm-hmm. Thomas Bell, the senior guys, you know, do they want to put their bodies through another? I, I think either way, like even if those guys didn't want to play, I'm not saying they don't want to, but if they didn't want to play, it's still an opportunity for you to play some of your younger guys, right, to get them a little bit more playing time. Everybody's been bitching and complaining about, you know, bench guys getting minutes. Uh, the NIT is a perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, yeah, it'd be great showcase for everybody else, but then maybe you just like, you know what, let's see Hamir Wright. You didn't get any run late in the season. Got a couple minutes against Rice, and maybe you're just like, yeah, well, you just need to do all the Thomas Bell stuff, but see if you can knock that out. 
let's let's talk a little bit about the the Conference USA tournament or the uh, Conference USA championships at the Star Hoops at the Star uh, or the Heritage whatever. I swear I don't know what the sponsor's name is, and I've seen it all week. I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, the we lost, right? We won a game against Rice, a team that we should have beat. We beat them basically the same way we beat them two times before. Uh, and then we lost to Louisiana Tech. And everybody, I, I think this notion that it's hard to beat a team three times, uh, you know, it, it's more like you just know the more prominent ones, right? Because we beat, we beat Rice three times, and that was, you know, pretty straightforward. But uh, we lost to Louisiana Tech. And you're like, well, see, there's your evidence. But you kind of forget that when we beat Louisiana Tech in Ruston, it wasn't like we beat them by 40, right? It took a Tyler Perry <laughs> bucket, you know what I mean? We had to do a comeback against them. It wasn't easy, right? So it, it, it we basically split in terms of, like, who played well down the stretch in, in those two games. Like, you know what I mean? Like, basketball is a funny game. You can win a game, but sometimes you really just lucked out, right? And if the ball bounces this way or that, it's a different win. So yeah, Louisiana Tech had – I think they're a little bit more motivated than North Texas in that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that that comes from a lot of things. That's always a danger when you win your regular season. You feel like you've accomplished something, and you know that that means you. There's lots of things. When you're coaching, you're steering, right? You're sometimes you're a little left. You got to veer a little bit right. You got to pull a little bit more gas. You maybe got to hit a little break. You're always doing something, right? If you're winning, you're great, but you got to tell them, hey, you ain't that good. And if you're losing a lot, you say, don't worry about what everybody thinks of you. I know you're good. You just got to get grind, whatever, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, maybe you're playing too fast. Maybe you're playing too slow. Maybe you're not playing tough enough. But all that stuff, that's what coaching is. Uh, so, it's it, you know, I, I think it would be ridiculous to say we should not win the regular season so that we were motivated for the tournament. No, go win the regular season. That's great. That's what you need to do. That's any competition that's out there, you need to aim for it. Um, and I was, I was just thinking, uh, it, it was for me, right? You know, I, I don't know if everybody knows this. I was doing, uh, CUSAreport.com coverage. I was watching all the games. I was in the back. So I'm interviewing a lot of these coaches after the game. They didn't do media availability for all the losing coaches. Uh, you know, and, and I didn't, it was kind of a silly setup because you're trying to get some winning team, you know, quotes. And then you have to run out there to go find the losing team, and they're, like, hidden in the locker room. And they don't want to talk to anybody, right? You just lost the game. What do you want to say? Like, yeah, we lost, but we're sad about it. We're going to go home now. Leave me alone. But so you're waiting for them, and you have to talk. Can, is, it, is it okay if I can get – can I get two minutes to talk to the coach? And then, you know, I mean, what are you going to say? Tough loss, eh? Hand the mic over. Not good, was it? <laughs> Feeling bad, huh? But, you know – um, you do see it, just everybody, like Tyler Perry was crushed. You know, Brett Vito's kind of like, so, so, you know, uh, was that a, was that a bad play? And he's just like, uh, <laughs> we tried hard, you know. Everybody was emotional. Like, Nick McDevitt, the Middle Tennessee coach, you could tell he was crying. He couldn't, you know, he just, he looked defeated. Well, Stuff. yeah, I mean, they, they had the game won like three times. <laughs> I, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, "What do you?" I mean, what do you? he's like, "Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say anything to your team when they did everything that they were supposed to do." And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, you basically won the game three times." And he looked, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, we did. We had him beat. We had, you know, we had him locked down. Uh, Jelly Walker locked down. But then he just, and that's why you don't give a team a chance, right? And that's 
Yeah, so basketball is about controlling all the variables or trying to limit variables. I, you know, I'm bringing this back to North Texas. That I thought against Louisiana Tech, we did that. We played hard on defense. We only ha- we only allowed 42 points. They ain't nothing. That's you know, that's blood. 42 points. If you say, man, we held Louisiana Tech to 42 points. Like, oh man, we blew them out, huh? And they're like, nah, actually, we lost by <laughs> we lost by six. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The offense let it. This is always a, a it's a thing, and you can say, "Well, don't play that." What did that one guy tweet? Like, "What's the problem with defensive teams?" You know, and they just. I mean, shut up. Dude. But see, like that, I think that was directed towards like, okay, San Diego State, mm-hmm. right? Has yeah. been great defensive team throughout. Uh, I mean, the last decade, but they're not good on offense, and a lot of those Mountain West teams are right, and then they get in the NCAA tournament and then they fall apart. You look at their offensive efficiency numbers versus North Texas, and you're like, you can't compare them in the same sentence no. because North Texas was an efficient offense throughout the year. Mm-hmm. They were they like just one or had, two all year, yeah. They Yes, they had bad stretches during games where they would go scoreless for about five minutes, but it wasn't that bad. I mean, they'd still score 50 points, and if they score 50 points, you know, they beat Louisiana Tech. The way that they played – gave them an opportunity to play horrible on offense and still have a shot to win the game. Yeah. Yeah. They, we only lost by six. Right. And if, if it was a Ruben Jones hits one, he, I think he went over two from three. Um, if Mardres McBride hits one more three, if Tyler Perry hits one more three, it's, it's time. JJ Murray hits one more three. Yeah. Any of those guys, and that's the thing, is like it one like Louisiana Tech was coming out with some scheme, and like you know what, it just Mardrez wasn't getting the shots that he was expecting. He was having to pull up against two dudes or having to do some Jelly Walker stuff. It wasn't that he was getting the shots that he normally gets in rhythm, catching, shooting. He just wasn't making them, and like I said, he was missing against Rice too. I think we could have. I don't know. Sometimes you go through slumps, and it's hard to be like, well, you gotta be. You go through slumps. That happened. Yeah, I mean, everybody pumped up, right? You know, he had a great tournament last year. Everybody pumped up tournament dress, right? And yeah. they said, hey, tournament dress is back. Maybe they'll put a little bit more pressure on him. And he was trying to exceed expectations from last year instead of just playing. Who knows? I, I don't yeah. know. I'm not him. I'm not in his mind. He played great all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sucks for him to to go out in the conference tournament like that. Because mm-hmm. I, I thought he was he was better this year than he was last year. Yeah. Um, in terms of like overall play, yeah, because you know everybody talked about JJ Murray's defense, Thomas Bell's, but Drez was, I mean, amazing on defense. He really stepped up. So, yeah, it I, sucks for him not to be able to hit threes like he did in the regular season. Yeah, I mean, and then you look at like they said, Keeson Willis hit forward against us, right? Let's say he just swaps those kind of games. He goes zero for nine against us. Then we win that game yeah, by an even lower score, but thirty six to thirty. <laughs> yeah, it it is you know it basketball is one of those things, and it, it it sucks. That's what makes it magical, right? And also is also what makes it uh, uh, terrible for this for every like, one shiny moment, right? You see all those buzzer beaters in the tournament. You're like, oh, it's, what is somebody's real sad about that that loss? So yeah, it's been like it's been ten years since we've felt really this pain because it was 2012 Western Kentucky beating us in the Sunbelt championship. Mm-hmm. Then the year before you had the, you know, the half court shot 
that beat us, you know, it was, Johnny it wasn't Jones quite half, team. It wasn't quite half court, but it was like a pull up three in his face. It right was to, Steph Curry range today. So, yeah, okay, yeah. but it, it was, was still hand in his face. Yeah, uh, Shannon I mean, Shorter so, was guarding him. Shannon Shorter had his hand up. He did. Shannon Shorter went on to have a nice this this loss against Louisiana Tech felt similar to that. Like that's how much like pain. I just wanted to sit in darkness for the rest of the day. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a gut punch to be sure, uh, especially to watch it so close. Like, you could see it like leaving their hands, like Mardrez's hands. It didn't look right. Like it just there's something off, and then it you know I don't know. Like same thing with Ruben Jones. Some of them were Ruben's. Like he had two of them. They looked okay, and I don't know. It just they were just unlucky on the day, and that just sucks so hard. Um. I don't know. So I hope they get a chance to to sort of right those wrongs, and I mean, uh, Louisiana Tech didn't quite do the same run that we did last year. I thought maybe they had a little bit of that magic. Um, that was a good game. They, I mean, the the championship game that I watched. I thought, uh, I mean, you watch Jelly Walker up close. That guy is uh, he's lightning quick. Uh, his release is, I mean, he's like five ten. Yeah. But he can jump up super high, and he does a lean back jumper, and you have ridiculous athletes chasing him around trying to block that shot, and they cannot get to it. Um, I mean, and now I watched that Middle Tennessee UAB game too. That was just as crushing too, because they had a couple shots that were just about to end the game. Like Eli Lawrence, I like that dude. He's like long as a defender. Uh, he kind of did a decent you know, job on on Jelly. But he had a couple threes that looked like they were going in, and he was like walking down the court about to do a you know a little three dance, and it just kind of bounced out. It was ridiculous. Uh, that's the game. It sucks. Um, but you know, I, I think UAB was was the best team. I agree with Andy Kennedy. He said they they thought they were the best team. That North Texas earned the regular season title. You know, they deserved the regular season. They won it. They earned it. And uh, you know the yeah he, he, he let off that car. Yeah, he let off that comment with no disrespect. Excuse me, but I'm about to drop disrespect <laughs> on North Texas. Let me put some bulletin board material up there for him. Yeah, I mean. We knew that they couldn't beat us even if we matched up with them again. That's basically <laughs> what he was saying. Well, I mean, I guess he gets to talk a lot of noise because he has a trophy. And also, he doesn't have to face North Texas in the tournament again, right? We won't know what happened because we lost Louisiana Tech. Yeah, um, he did talk noise. <laughs> I thought it was disrespectful. I don't like it. Andy Kennedy, uh, I, I said this, uh, to, I think I said it to you and a couple other people, is uh, if any team at the tournament, you know, they, they walk in, they're watching the game, everybody seems like college kids, coaches seem nice enough, you know, they're interested in the game, trying to scout, and they're worried about it, classic coach stuff. Andy Kennedy comes up with his staff and his team, and he's like, all right, man, go sit down. And they all, all you know, 15 of them go sit down. And then he's watching the game, whatever. And at the end of the game, it was like FAU beating like Southern Miss or something. He's like, all right, man, let's go. And they all stand up and they all walk out. It looks something like a movie villain kind of thing, you know, like, you know, Cobra Kai kind of stuff walking in. Uh, and so, you know, if he's out there talking mess, I think that's good <laughs> for like, you know, the AAC. Uh, it's good for the Conference USA next year that I kind of like having somebody <laughs> to, to sports hate there and be like, I can't wait to beat UAB. Because their coach is talking all that noise that shut him up a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he's a villain in my book now. <laughs> You've earned my hate, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so that was that. That was the conference tournament. Um, I thought you didn't get to come out to this. You've been out to it once before. 
Um, I thought it was as good of a thing that conference USA can put on. A lot of people thought it's, again, they're like, I hate that curtain. I hate the setup. It always seems like, you know, it's Bush League kind of deal. I can't wait to get out of this conference. I thought that given their constraints, they did a decent enough job, you know? That uh, you know that media is accommodating. I think that's an underrated aspect. You saw a lot of like traditional media there, right? You know, like the uh, wow, like the Marshall paper, right? They were out there for some reason uh, through the whole tournament. That's kind of cool. Um, but they also was, like smaller outlets, like you know, like I said, they give me a credential. You know, they let this crazy person in and they uh, laugh at me, send me an email, like, <laughs> we got your email for your, <laughs> your application, we put it on the wall, and we laugh at it as we walk in. They didn't do that. That's that's cool of them, yeah. <laughs> hey, you did good reporting. I mean, I was following along with your tweets. You asked good questions. I mean, you get in those media sessions, and sometimes people ask a question, and you're like, really? That's that's You waited two hours of the game, and this is your question. So does it feel good to win? Yes, no, actually feels good. No, no. <laughs> no, actually, it's bad. I think I'm gonna go. Well, I'm gonna go play for Southern Miss now, so we can lose a lot more and feel a lot better. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I tried to ask something. Uh, I tried to be like, hey, uh, you know, you just said that you're making adjustments in the game. Could you give me an example of some of the adjustments you're making? You know, like what are you looking? What are you seeing? Uh, Eric Conkle said again that he was when he was attacking North Texas that he thought that we do such a great job protecting the paint that he told his team. When we're driving, don't attack the paint this time. Pull up short. We want to get a toe in the paint because we want to, like, aggressively drive. But we want to pull up and stop and kick the ball out. Uh, now, did that work? I mean, they only scored 42 points. But I thought that they hit, like, I mean, Kobe Williams' clutch. He had, like, three jumpers down the stretch. Turned out those three jumpers were very important. I mean, so there you go. That's what worked out. I got to ask him a couple questions. Basketball questions. I thought I asked the best basketball questions, I got to say. Um... There you go. Maybe you man, maybe you come out there next time, Greg, and you can ask, you know, like uh when y'all are running horns, do you find that when you, you know, yes, whatever. <laughs> anyway. What's your perfect Sunday? <laughs> uh I'm gonna actually wear this shirt out later on tonight. Do you think it's better in the red or the blue? I got two of them right here, coach. What do you think? Uh so anyway, so uh good time. I thought they for um for what it is, they do a decent job. They try to do uh, as best they can do. I did talk to Judy um mcleod and i asked her what she thought of it and she was very short and clipped with it she was like it's great <laughs> i was like okay. that was it. i mean you know what what was most exciting what was most great about it she's like uh you know just supporting the kids <laughs> i think she's very like protective uh, uh anyway um i don't know if they're gonna do it again there i think we probably got one more hoops at the star in us right with like a nine, uh, 11 team version of it and then it's going to be whatever the next one is. I guess where the AAC, where they play theirs at? Yeah. Fort Worth, right? Yeah, they're at Fort Worth. So there you go. No more Frisco. No more Dallas Cowboys. No more none of that, I guess. Yeah. No. My, my no. dad's a Cowboys fan, so he was like excited to get. Yeah, I mean, here. look, it's a neat little venue. You know, you have the two games going on at once. It's not a big deal. I mean, they. They are accommodating. You got to look. There's not like, you know, it's not a bunch of huge fan bases, but I mean, it's great when you have North Texas playing well and Louisiana Tech playing well because their fans are going to travel there. But 
I mean, Western Kentucky fans got out a couple of years ago. I think mm-hmm. Marshall had some decent fans come out before. So um, Middle Tennessee, you know, their fans have been there when they were good. So it's, I mean, it's it's good for Conference USA. Like you don't need a super fancy arena to fill eight thousand seats, right? You just yeah. need a couple thousand. Yeah. It's it's and it's in a nice area. There's plenty of restaurants, plenty of shops. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm make, actually uh, I'm actually it. homeless now because I just spent all my money uh, on at the City Works Grill. I guess uh, you know I took my parents out to dinner. I start I, I ate with uh, you know Aldo. Um, you know he was telling big stories about he's flying across the world, or whatever. Couldn't get a word in with that guy. Uh, and then he didn't uh, buy you any dinner, any lunch. No, no nobody, nobody bought me nothing. They're just like, uh, hey Adam, I'm kind of hungry. Do you want to buy me lunch? And me being a silly guy, I was like, sure, here you go, you know. So now I'm broke. Uh, you might see me, I don't know, out in the streets of uh, St. Louis out here begging for uh, for bucks. Anyway, um, I thought it was a good time. We had a good time. We saw a family, we saw some friends. Uh, uh, it was it was good stuff. Um, it is a, it is tiring though, man. I mean, I like basketball then, but going to a basketball game, especially if you're like trying to write about it and run around and be like, hey, that was good. You know, tell me about how you won. Was it good or bad? You know, asking those kind of questions. It's tiring. Um, so I was very exhausted. My wife, uh, I just want to give a shout out to my wife because she dealt with our kids, which are half mine, you know. So that means there's that's 1.5 tr- trouble, <laughs> right? I mean, maybe the, the side that she gave them, they're angels, but the other, you know, that's the devil side. And, you know, they were kind of devilish a little bit. There's a couple of times she texted me <laughs> during the games like, uh, the wheels are falling off, and so we're going to leave now. <laughs> Uh, I think she deserves more than a shout out. She <laughs> needs to dig deeper into your pocketbook, and you need like a spa day that you treat her to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it, you know, like I, I, I knew what I was getting into here. I knew I was taken out a loan, you know, what I'm saying so to speak, and I'm gonna have to begin payment on that loan pretty, pretty soon. And the interest rates are gonna be pretty steep. But, Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, good times. All that said. um, Let's look a little bit. I mean, season's not over. Maybe whatever like that. But let's take a little early, early peek at next season. What can we expect from North Texas Mean Green Basketball 2022-2023 slash uh, season? Well, it's kind of difficult to forecast a little bit. You're going to hear Grant McCasson's name mentioned with every job out there, thanks mm-hmm. to Goodman. Oops, you know, John uh, <laughs> Goodman. The, he, I think he's a writer for Stadium now. He used to be with ESPN. Yeah. Um, you think he just he just gets texted by every agent and is like, "Put my guy out there, put my guy." You know, like you, you know, one thing I'm gonna make him a villain again. Andy <laughs> Kennedy is Goodman's guy and is probably like, "Hey, you need to get McCaslin's name out there more, so I don't have to face him." So just tweet him with every job that opens. That's probably what's going on right here. Bet, yeah, behind me, stabilize that team a little bit. You know, we got them coming up. Uh, yeah, I think your coach about to leave. Yeah, I mean, he's been mentioned for Missouri, Kansas State, LSU, not so much Georgia. There's going to be other jobs that open. So, I mean, I'm going to say that I expect him to be back next year. Um, Is his whole coaching staff intact? That could change, too, because, you know, if you read the article, I think it was from CBS that Ross Hodge got plenty of offers last year. He's going to get more offers again this year, Mm -hmm. even probably higher profile. Maybe. Maybe Chris Beard at Texas thinks like, hey, I couldn't get Adams to come with me to coach. I'm going to go get Hodge so he can run the same defense. 
Yeah. Top 20 defense in the nation. That's going to get some eyes. That's going to get some people. That's going to have people open up their pocketbook. So, yeah. I mean, so, that, yeah. like, I think that's that's a huge question. The other part is we don't really have anybody committed yet. There's mm-hmm. no recruits. And that was, you know, typical. You know, last year they had some guys that had Matthew Stone and they had Aaron Scott already locked up this year. And there's no, no incoming freshman yet. And there's no incoming JUCO because that's kind of got to be sorted out. Uh, those guys are still playing. And then there's going to be the obvious transfer portal. If you look at what we have specifically coming back, um, you have Usman coming back. He's going to be probably the key piece to the offense and the team. Uh, you have Tyler Perry coming back. He's going to be another key piece. Ruben Jones, Aaron Scott. Um, and then you have that that group of bench guys, you know, Matthew Stone, Zephyr, um, we didn't see him this year, but Christian Morgan, the back, I think he's going to kind of find himself in the role of the backup to Usman, that piece that they really didn't have this year. I think. Yeah. Um, they have spent all year grooming him to be that guy. Um, trying to think of the other guys like on the bench. Uh, anybody Rasheed else? Brown. Was he coming? Well, yeah, he wasn't a senior, so. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, but he was the oldest. I think he was the oldest guy on the team. Yeah, I don't know. I just know he was on the team. I, I can't remember his. It's it's one of those things. Like, there ends up being like bottom of the roster. What typically happens in college basketball is that they kind of they don't. Like, I was talking. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but I know I told you about like uh, um, Marshall's head coach, right, Dan D'Antoni. That he kind of gave the hint, hint <laughs> kind of deal to his day. He's like, we're not good enough to compete. So if you're on this roster right now and you want it, maybe it's time you start looking at another level or you get a lot better, right? You got to be better. Um, a lot of rosters do that, and I think a lot of people complain about it. But, I mean, it is sort of a cut, cutthroat business, and it, it's time that you, you look deep on it and you say, hey, you know, we need another scoring guard. I, I was going to say this, that whoever comes back, I, I like Perry. Like Usman, I like that inside outside. You need a defender, like a lockdown wing defender. Um, you you know, like that's JJ Murray role. And then I think you need another scoring guard. I I don't know if that was any more clear uh than against Louisiana Tech, but also watching UAB play both their games right Middle Tennessee and then also Louisiana Tech that I was kind of previewing the game. I'm like, all right, Louisiana Tech, who are they going to put on Jelly Walker? And I was like, you know what? Who are they going to put on Mike Ertle, right? Because, like, Mike Ertle was the scoring guard for them last year. They added Jelly Walker to it. So now you got two guys. And and Andy Kennedy talked about it. He said, Ertle has benefited because now nobody's guarding him but their number one defender, right? They're guarding Walker or they're scheming for Walker. And now Ertle's wide open for these threes. Um Louisiana Tech had a hell of a time finding somebody to chase him or to chase both of them around screens. Earl got loose, big bucket, big bucket. We need a guy like that. Like it's great. Tyler Perry is great. His job would be made easier if he had a threat that could go score uh, off the bounce or just you know create for himself. Who's that guy? Yeah, yeah. We we saw really that Ruben was going to be that guy this year, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. he progressed defensively by leaps and bounds like he was a a great defender because he had to guard so many great offensive players this year but his his offense it it didn't 
coming around like I think we thought it might be. Like we, I, I, my thinking was he was going to be the second leading scorer on the team behind Thomas Bell, yeah. but he, he really. I don't know. He struggled up with the shooting. I think he's going to get a little bit better offensively because they're going to ask him to do more. They need him to do more next year. And I would agree with you that, yes, they do need that another scoring threat. We don't know is Drez coming back. He does have the eligibility, but is he coming back? What is he going to choose? You know, so he's kind of up in the air. I, I think your, first, or your four guys penciled into the starting lineup. Like, I, I like Aaron Scott in the starting lineup. I like him at the three because I think that gives you some versatility. You need tall, long guys, right? Yeah. He needs to – he's got a great mid-range jump shot. He needs to work some more on his his three-point shooting. But everything else that he does, he can guard guards, make it difficult for him. He can rebound. Um, we know how good he is as a defensive player. Um and then you have Usman at your center. You have Tyler Perry. You have Ruben. So, really, you're kind of looking for that four. And what do you want? Do you want, like, a dang goo type of guy? You want Thomas Bell, a little bit undersized. When you look at our roster, really, the past two years, they haven't had a guy that played above the rim, right? UAB, Quan Jackson, Buffin, um, everybody, everybody besides Erdo and Jelly Walker, those guys were playing above the rim. North yeah, Texas like, didn't have that guy. Yeah, somebody that would just go yam on you, like not like we're like, oh, let me go get a nice layup. They would just say, uh, I'm gonna go through you and dunk on you. The entire <laughs> Middle Tennessee team plays above the rim. Dude, I, I I let me just let me pause right here and say I I did not believe in middle for a lot of reasons. Like and then you can see some of that in the game right there. It was like Weston trying to split Quan Jackson and Jelly Walker twice in overtime. <laughs> I was like, What are you doing, man? And he turned the ball over. Um, you know, they were super scary <laughs> at one point. Like, you know, you're talking about UAB being above the rim, kind of big and scary. They were going up and then like four middle Tennessee dudes with like, you know, Raptor, I mean, not Raptor arms, like just gigantic, uh, you know, air uh, Boeing 747 arms just flying up there and knocking the hell out of the ball. And I was like, oh my God, they're going to kill this UAB team. They're going to win it. They're going to win the title. This, this middle Tennessee team. And That's it what it looked like yeah. there for a while. I mean, yeah. like I said, they had them beat three times, and I think they would have beat Louisiana Tech too just because of the same thing. I mean, they just can play so high above the rim, and when you get a team that can play above the rim and is disciplined, that's when they turn into championship. Yeah, They weren't disciplined enough to beat UAB, and, yeah. and that's why they didn't get to go. But I think that's kind of what North Texas is, is missing. They need some of that. Um Maybe it'll be in a bench player, but then you you look towards. So you need a four. Well, let, let me or make it up. Let me just. I like Aaron Scott, and I wouldn't hate it if he. Again, you're talking about him as a three. I don't think that's a bad idea. I wouldn't hate it if he stuck like a, as a four guy, and did some Thomas Bell type things. Like Thomas Bell is not a great shooter, um, and he sort of plays that in between. He's about like size wise, he probably could play a three. You really should play a three. But he plays the fort because he plays big, he's strong, uh, he does hustle things. And so I think you can say, Aaron Scott, you've watched Thomas Bell for you know, a couple of years. This is what you need to be doing. And if you do 75% of that, you'll be a really good Conference USA player. If you do 100% of that, you know, you'll be on the all, you know, uh, Conference USA. Well, he, Bell got second team or whatever. But you'll have a great career doing it. it. it it'll probably come down to what – 
what do you actually get? Like, mm-hmm. okay, we can either find, you know, another four or can I find another guard that yeah. can score, right? If I can find another guard that can score in that 6-3 range, then I can move Scott to play him at the four. If I can't, then I'm going to, you know, try and find me an athletic four that can kind of shoot outside and I'm going to go with Scott at the three. But then I still need to find some bench guys. Matthew Stone, I mean, he, everybody loved him. And, he, you know, he gave great effort this year when he when he got in the games. But he, we don't really know how good he is offensively. We don't know how good, you know, Bryce Zephyr is. You know, they, they said, you know, he's a really good three-point shooter, but he's got a lot of work to do, I think, on his body and his game overall. So, and then how many of those guys leave out of, you know, does Zephyr stick around? Does Brown stick around? Does Stone stick around? Um, does any of the other guys do they leave type of thing so yeah. i mean there's there's a lot of questions yeah that that's always the challenge right like in when you're building a roster you have to recruit the guys that are on your team i think reuben jones is almost going to leave right he was thinking about bouncing and he ended up staying i think that was the the case right last year towards the end of the year um i like reuben jones a ton uh and i just want to call out again he only had two points right in in the game against Tech, but I thought he, he said he did a great job. They put him because uh, Tyler Perry was unable to get. He was getting locked. He getting stuck on the screens, and they put Jones on Williams, and Jones could. I mean, Williams couldn't get a shot off. Right, he was. I think he like pretty immediately after he, he did an ugly air ball, and North Texas sort of kind of made a little comeback. Um, I I like Ruben Jones a ton. I like uh, Usman a ton. I like Scott, and I like Perry. I still think we need another scoring guard. Like if you, there's a Mike Ertle out there, right? He was doing it at ULM. Let's find one of those guys that can get his own shot. That's all you need. You don't. They don't need to be Javion Hamlet. They don't need to be you know James Harden. They just need to. Say, can you can you create your own shot off the dribble? The shot clock is breaking down. It, Right now, if you're scouting North Texas, you're like, look, they're going to get late in the shot clock. They're going to give it to Tyler Perry. He's going to have to create. And that's not been terrible for us. However, if you could have just the potential that the ball might go to unnamed player that can create his own shot, that could just do a little drive and pull up from the mid-range, a little 15-footer, that's money. Ertl did it a ton uh, in this last game of the championship game. If you want something to watch, you just go back and watch it on your little Fubo TV or something. Uh, Kobe Williams did it against us. Uh, that was huge. What is like fifty, you know, feet vertical? We had <laughs> seen a little guy just keep rising up, and then the tall guy's like, "Hey, hey, hey! I can't get up there. I can't block it." Um, but that's all you need. That's when you need those mid range, because I mean, shooting a three sometimes is is tough. Uh, I think Ruben the- can can be some of that. Uh, I, I don't think he had the confidence in his offensive game this year. Yeah, there was that I thought of, he was going to have. Was that coaching, though? Was that them telling him, hey, don't, and instead do this? Well, I mean, you put him at the point guard position, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, they put a lot on him this year, and he had to go into the year thinking, like, well, I don't know, like, if, if Tyler Perry, we, we didn't know if he was going to be the guy. So in the offseason – you know, if you're telling Ruben, like, hey, you got to be a dude that scores for us. You got to get us, you know, eight to 10 points a game, which sometimes he did. But I think it was the analytics part where they do not shoot 
mid-range jump shots. They just they just don't do it. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's always the case, right? The the mid-range thing. It's it's. I mean, Demar Derozan's going to win an MVP or get well. He's going to be in the MVP conversation, uh, and he's killing it. It's uh, I think I saw in the athletic they call it like the dirt territory. It's you don't want your role players shooting that, but you don't mind your star players shooting that. Javion Hamlet made a living there because he was a star player. You don't want role players doing it, and I think that's kind of goes back to your question: What is Ruben Jones going to be? Is he going to be a star player? In which case, if he can create for himself and get open looks from the mid-range, we'll be happy with it as long as he can hit him right. He had a great season this year, spotting up in that that like extended corner, catch and shoot it and knocking down jumpers. And I thought that was good. Um, and then attacking the basket when it was there. Next season, I'd like to see like some finishers. Like we need more easy points, and that means. And so we're talking about scoring guards. If it's an athlete guy that can just, you know, he maybe don't have the shot, but he can sprint the floor and you could throw it up to him and he can just dunk it, that'd be great. James Reese got a ton of uh, buckets last year doing that, sprinting the floor and getting buckets on the break. Or that little, when they're zoning us up, he sneaks in and gets an easy dunk. Uh, if you were watching the championship game, you saw David Green get that. If you watched Marshall, you saw, uh, you know, Kenzie will sneak in and get some of that. Uh, that's a common basketball play. James Reese got a t- got a lot of that for us um, uh, last well last two three years ago and then last yeah, year. yeah he didn't really get it last year as much as he did the year before yeah, when yeah. they won in the regular season versus Western Kentucky yeah but I mean that goes back to we didn't have a guy playing above the rim we couldn't throw an alley oop all year to save our lives <laughs> no. like it was just the worst alley oop team I've ever seen. Yeah, we, we missed one. Missed one. Somebody threw one to, to Thomas, and he like missed it, and he was like fresh. Yeah, it, it was. I agree with that. We need we need a little more athleticism, and does that equal also like if the guy can fly around, like we, we can get Tavion Kinsey if he didn't want he wants to transfer and he wants to come over here. I'll take Tavion Kinsey, but teach him about not doing fadeaway jumpers. Uh, you know, go up strong. He can score twenty points for a game for us. Be, be so the one guy that they absolutely have to keep. On the roster, Zuzman, and oh, he's the yeah. one guy that I think is going to get offers for maybe transferring. But I, I think that he is the offense here. Like he is the center center point. There. Like Zach was. Zach Simmons was the center. People were like, you know, JB on JB on. Well, Zach was kind of their their starting point, mm-hmm. and I think Uzman is the same way. And he may get a little bit more play than than Zach did. Just because they don't, maybe they don't have a Hamlet type of guy yet. But I, I think he's the key to the offense next year. Yeah. Um, in this league, there's a lot of inside out teams, right? Dishman, uh, he balled out for Middle Tennessee. He's at, he had 46 minutes, 25 points against uh, UAB. And he almost won the game for him. Uh, you know, Kenneth Lofton is obviously a guy that, you know, is good. Uh, he's. Who's doing some bully ball there? And I was thinking again, Usman and Lofton played to a stalemate in that game, and Lofton scored twenty some points on Trey Jimison. You know what I mean? Usman is a one of the, you know top three, maybe top four if you want to extend it out, um, player in this league right now. Like in the, in terms of like centers, uh, it's Lofton. You probably give him the the just because he has more reputation, he has a little bit more skills. He can even shoot it a little bit. 
but then it's Usman, right? Like I think Dishman's gone. Uh, Jemison, he might have eligibility, but I think he might be gone. But he, he's he's not an offensive force; he's more a defensive guy. He'll get it on the rolls. Who else is there? I I like that Leonard kid from Middle Tennessee, but he's more of a uh, like a attack the basket kind of dude. He's he'll jump around, but you're not gonna throw him to the post and say go get us a bucket. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, you had the the kid from Charlotte, Khalifa, which he's more like a point forward yeah, he's instead like a of an actual yeah. like big guy with yeah with his back to the basket. Yeah. I mean, there's not a there's really not one guy out there that's as balanced as he as Usman is defensively and offensively. Yeah, like Khalifa got like rookie of the year basically, right? Um, but he can't really move his feet that well. There's a lot to improve in his game. And you can see, like, he had kind of the year that Max Fiedler has, and they, they sort of run similar things at times. Where Fiedler, you're like, he's big, and he's a, he has a good touch around the rim, and he can make some passes. But Usman ate him up. <laughs> you know, he got, like, he got 20 points on Fiedler. They had to get him out, and they are like, let's put Poteet in here on this dude because maybe he'll stop him. Guess what? Poteet couldn't stop him neither. Um, and then, like, the, the other kid I like that's talented is Germany, right, from UTSA. But... He also might have a little bit of that scores all the points for a bad team, right? There's the the thing, the notion that somebody has to score for the bad team, right? It doesn't necessarily make him a good player. It just means he scores for the bad team. And th- that's Jacob Germany right now. Um, you know? Yeah, there is the um, Florida Atlantic, their big guy that Where's transferred it? in from Tex- Texas Tech Golden. Oh, yeah, he has yeah, the yeah. Potential. The yeah. potential to be there. He's not at Usman's level, but he is, I mean, pretty good for a freshman. Yeah, I'll give you that one. But th- that's our point, right, is that, like, we have one of the top three, four guys in the league. That's great. We can build the offense around him. You have a guard. You're in, you're in business. You can do some things. I think UAB, were you talking about UAB as a, them being good? I think, was it, Billy Sierra was like, oh, they have a lot of eligibility left. Yeah, you know, Jemison still has eligibility left. Um, Buffin does. I think they're losing Quan. They're losing Erdl. But the other guys are still coming back. You think and Walker Andy comes Kennedy, back? I mean, they, do I think who? Walker comes back? I think he, he probably – I mean, you, you – what he averaged, 31? He averaged 31 in the tournament. He had 27, 40, well, 27, but, something like that. He's not going to transfer to another powerful. No, no. Like he's I think that, do you think he's going to? I don't think he's going to try to go to the, to the NBA. Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know that stuff. I think he's a he's a fringe, probably second round pick right now. Uh, so it's can he improve his stock next year? I, I mean, it, maybe he submits his name, but then pulls it back out. I, I don't yeah. know. I'm going to anticipate saying that he's probably going to be back there next year. Yeah. And Andy Kennedy's probably going to find another couple major high major transfers again. And then Louisiana tech, you look at the roster and I mean, it's everybody, but like Archibald come back and it's really good. And then they have two like really good freshman recruits coming in. And one of them is like a six, six point guard. <laughs> I mean, Kobe Williams was the reason that Louisiana Tech was even in that game last night. Yeah, like, and you know the... what? He might be the. He was the reason. Everybody said this, uh, and he was the reason that they did. He was hurt last season, right in the tournament. He yeah. hurt his like in that last warm up game, he broke his hand or whatever. Um, yeah, he was. Hey, you called him a dog. You know, <laughs> he was a dog. He was. He was like, you can see. 
you know, when you're close up, you can see everybody's eyes. Like, who's, like, a little scared or not paying attention. Like, uh, David Green wasn't paying attention a couple times. He was, like, looking off in the wrong way. You can see Jelly Walker say, oh, I'm going to take advantage of this. Amari Archibald, I talked him up a lot. He looked like he was, I don't know, he was not paying attention a, a bunch of times. And he got caught out. He, he's running off screens too slow. He was kind of looking around, not yeah. not locked in. And you look at a guy like, um, I was talking about that Leonard dude, for he's a freshman. He was locked in. He was. He looked like he was trying to intimidate Taven Lovin, which is crazy. And he like <laughs> put the ball on his chest. He was like, "Come on, let's do it." I was like, "I don't know, dude. You're like 120 pounds, <laughs> but I guess whatever." Um. Uh, uh. But yeah, Kobe Williams looked like he was like, "Jelly, who? I'm. I'm ready to play. I'm gonna chase him. I'm gonna compete against him." I thought. I, I totally agree with you. He was. He, he was. He was not ready. <laughs> he took it personal. Yeah. And that's like, the thing. That's the same thing about Loft, and and I, I saw you know somebody's like, man, you giving a lot of praise. Uh, the dude, he he was every time down the floor. You can see some guys are like, don't pass me the ball, man. I don't even want this moment right now. Lofton was like, pass it, give me the ball, and then he would get it, and then he would turn, not like I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Coach told me to catch it, turn, face the basket. He got it and was like, I'm going to go score right now. Right? You can tell that. You can tell who wants the ball and who wants to go score. And, you know, some guys, you see them play, they'll they'll be too aggressive. Like, you have the right desire. You don't have the technique. You need to know when to pull it back. Jelly Walker maybe has some of that sometimes. But Lafayette yeah, has the I skills. Think, he can go score. Yeah, so Louisiana Tech, can they fight off the transfer portal? Because big teams are going to recruit Lofton. Mm-hmm. Big teams are going to recruit probably Kobe Williams too. Yeah. Um, but they, they do yeah, have they a had lot taken, of young uh, Deruji, right? Didn't he go to Florida? Right, Florida's not good right now. But Deruji was on their squad, and he went to Florida. Yeah, yeah. you're not wrong. You're right. How, how does Conco get all these good dudes? It's just the Louisiana thing. We got to go dip into Louisiana, man. I mean, he's been a good. A lot of these guys are Texas guys. Yeah, I know that's. And they're from down like he's recruiting the Houston area. I mean, he yeah. got. Port Arthur, um, yeah, he got uh, Lofton from Port, Lofton Port Arthur. from yeah. there. There's another guy from Katie Tompkins, the 6'6 point guard. I think their other recruit is a Texas guy. Kobe Williams was a Dallas guy. Yep. I mean, he's – yes, he hasn't made the tournament, but, I mean, there's not a better coach in Conference USA really than Conkle. You, McCaslin, Andy Kennedy, Conkle, Golding, all good guys. If – if LSU, who has an open position, were to hire Eric Conkle, I think that would be a great move for them. I think he would be able to recruit at LSU. Yeah. Like I think he would be able to keep the recruiting going and would be a good coach. Now they're gonna shoot for the fences and try and go and hire, you know, some high profile pe- uh, person because that's what their athletic director tries to do in every sport, but they have the sanctions and allegations against them, so I don't know if somebody wants that job or not. Yeah, I don't. That's not a real easy job to recruit to. You, you can come here, but you can't make the tournament for uh, at least a couple of years, uh, and then maybe you get scholarship reductions or something. To, like, well, yeah, I mean, we don't. We, uh, I haven't seen yet what what other sanctions will be imposed on them. Yeah, right. All we, all we know now are the allegations and that, like, hey, Will Wade got fired. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I I was looking yeah I was looking down the roster same kind of deal like Keeson Willis because he was knocking down threes I was like where was this guy he was like Sulphur Springs Texas is where he's from uh, and then he was playing at Incarnate Word uh, you know Southland I think a lot of teams like to look at the Southland see what they got maybe Sun Belt see what they got and get you know 
peel off their best players, some of those guys that could fill some holes. So, um, you and know. there's already been a few guys been hitting the transfer portal from some of those those teams already. So the one uh, freshman guy from Southern Mist, a good point guard, didn't he put his name in the portal? Uh, or something. I don't know. I, I, he might have. I know they <laughs> they brought back their, their Jay Ladner. I, there's a you know what there's a lot of dudes on Southern Miss that I think are good. I like Stevenson a lot. I think he's he plays hard all the time. He has talent. Um, I like I like that Napper dude. That Napper dude was like he 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 showed out. He showed a lot of things. I, I the point guard you're talking about number four. Uh, yeah, he was good too. They don't really play together as a team, and I think some of that's coaching, right? But you, there's a lot of guys that are talented, and you bring them to an environment where you ask them to do some things that, that make them uncomfortable, and that doesn't translate. And so sometimes, you know, you're like, well, we got talent, but they, they're not playing. Um, well, it's because they're, they don't want to, you know, get over themselves, as Greg Popovich said, you know, all time winning coach. Um, <laughs> had to throw that in there for you. But uh, so the point is that UAB is going to be good, Louisiana Tech is going to be good. Uh, and that's again the West, right? That's that's their competition. I'm looking at UTEP. That's one more season of Golding. I think Boom's gone, and I think Bianami's gone too. I can't remember. They graduated, but I think they have eligibility left. Yeah, I don't know if they celebrated them on Senior Day or not. I think they were listed as juniors. Yeah, it could be. I definitely, if they can come back, I definitely see them coming back. And I think they're only going to get a little bit better because he's such a good coach. They're building up that program. I think they're going to play in like the uh, CBI. Or they're something. in the C- yeah, yeah. They they bought their way in along with Rice and FAU. Didn't they buy their way in? Yeah, yeah. We're going to see just basically like you said, everybody in conference <laughs> USA just keep it going. We this happens, and I think this is okay. Like North Texas was in that position in Grant McGaslin's first season, where you're like, let's get some more practice time. Uh, let's build up the brand. Let's keep up the energy, right? Because uh, UTEP, they beat us, and uh, you know they they got a win. They took Middle Tennessee to overtime. Everybody has those feel good feelings still, and so then you're like, well, we'll go to CBI and play a couple games, maybe get a couple home games, get a little revenue, little revenue, and you know you, you kind of go from there. We had success. We did that. We still celebrate that. We talk about that CBI. It's I get it. I get why you do that. I'm not really scared of Rice. I'm not scared of UTSA. Uh, UTSA might have to show up. We're like, uh, weren't we scheduled to play UTSA today? They're like, yeah, uh, nobody's here. Did they make a decision on Steve Henson yet, or is he coming back? He's coming back. I don't. I mean, who are they going to hire? Who's going to be there? I'm actually I'm, more scared of their whims team because uh, Aston, right? She was, uh, you know, yeah. I think she's good. She was a former North Texas coach and went to Texas and. I think she has uh, an ability to do some things, but I don't think I, I think Henson. I don't know if he's as great as advertised. He might do a McDivitt though. You never know, right? McDivitt, one nothing happened, but he was like rebuilding Middle Tennessee, and all of a sudden he had a sneaky number one. You know, almost got to the final. Yeah, but I mean, he didn't start out good and then trend bad. I mean, he started <laughs> out bad and then trended good. Steve Henson started out good. Everybody thought that he was going to be the next you know, big time hire from Conference USA. He had, you know, Jackson. He had the Keaton Wallace kid. Yeah. He had some other guys. Um, and then they just kind of fell apart. And I think, like, he was a good offensive coach. 
and he was come from the long um, lawn Kruger system and lawn is one of was one of the best offensive coaches in all of college basketball right so but it just it fell apart like it's like they became too dependent on those two guys and didn't build a program around those two guys nor texas didn't build a program around jv on hamlet and zach simmons right they built a program around you know the principles the defense the tempo all that other stuff and so that they could continue on Steve Henson couldn't continue on because he lost two the only guys that could score. Yeah, I mean, it it was bad. It is bad. I'm not scared of them, and that, that's the West, right? We talked about everybody in the West. In the East, um, you know, I think Western. They're always talented. They're always gonna. I mean, you know, uh, Stansbury is always gonna get somebody super highly rated. They're losing Josh Anderson now. Finally, I think he played 12 years there. Uh, he has a gray beard now. Um, which is good because I mean that guy he's he always finds a way to make a play he's always flying down the court and dunking it and he did that against Louisiana Tech I think to put him up it looked like they were about to go up and win Davion McKnight uh, point guard he's one of the best point guards in the league uh, you know I like he him may be right a dude that transfers to a higher program yeah I was gonna say that he might be a transfer threat but they got that sharp dude you know he's he's not really that good like you know uh, like. Lost and found a way to score again. The best centers, the best big men in this league will score against them, but he, he changes the calculus. He, he you know, they're gonna be weird. It's something you got to deal with, um, and he, he always finds guys like that. So Western's gonna be yeah, somebody I mean, to deal with. They're losing Josh Anderson. I guess Jarius Hamilton was a senior. Uh, let's see How about that Justice guy. Is he gonna uh, Frampton, be Justin. Was graduate senior, um, and Frampton was a, a senior as well too. Yeah. So, but like you said, they always find people, and then you get into Middle Tennessee, which we talked plenty about today. I mean, they're they're returning quite a bit. Was it? Uh, so Dishman's gone, but they got Leonard. Uh, they're losing Jefferson. There's score. He was there for six years. Six years senior. He broke his hip. Uh, that's what I heard. Uh, that's why you know I think they would have been dangerous. Um, but I think it's going to be easier for them to say, hey, you know, come here. And, like, Murfreesboro is, like, near Nashville, so that's why you can kind of get it. It's a big, sort of a big city. Like, you know, it's not, you know, hey, come out to Bowling Green. I don't know how that dude gets anybody out to Bowling Green, Kentucky, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, <laughs> because it's Kentucky. It's a basketball yeah, program. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. Western Kentucky and there's Louisville and yeah, Kentucky. I, I, I just want to make fun of Bowling Green, Kentucky, man. Let me give me, let me make fun of Bowling. Um, Charlotte, I don't know what they they're always kind of weird. They got uh, is Jameer, I don't remember Jameer Young's coming back, but apparently that dude Trap was a cancer in the locker room, uh, and you know that was their big transfer dude, right? It's from Clemson or something like that. I heard that from a well placed source. Uh, you know, I I I, I thought that. Ron Sanchez is going to be a kind of guy that, that made Charlotte make some noise over there in the East. I don't know. It, it ain't really working. Uh, I think people aren't happy with him. But that that's the same thing with uh, the one dude. Mark Price was there. I, I don't know Charlotte basketball is going to be anything good anytime soon. Uh, they have that potential, but they're going to be one of those teams that always has that potential and never really acts on it, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, last time they were good, they were in the A-10. They won 21 games back in, like, 2013. Alan Major. 
But I mean, you know, it's in a good basketball area, so yeah. people expect them to be good. And there was times like back in the old old conference USA days. I think 2005 was the last time they were in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, like it's an eight seed, seven seed, something like that. But Jameer Young is another one of those transfer guys. Like, can they hold on to him? He means so much to the program, but he was one of the top five conference USA players this year. And teams, he may feel like, hey, I could go do, you know, do better at another school. But for every one of those guys, you know, like Texas State had one dude that was really good last year. I can't remember his name. And he transferred to to Houston, but then he didn't play a lot this year. Hmm. He was one of their best players. I'm a big uh, uh, Greg here's an expert on Texas State basketball. Well, my wife went to Texas State. We like to root for them too. And, I, I, you know, I don't know. Love. See, I don't. I don't go about you know blessing my wife's flaws all on the podcast like that. <laughs> it's not a flaw, man. It's another opportunity to buy a championship shirt. <laughs> you know, they well, were well, like us. They were uh, on one seed yeah, and went hey, down. Yeah, shout out to uh, um, you know Jalen Jackson going to the tournament. Um, you know. Yeah, Tammy, yeah. ex coach James, ex coach James Miller, uh, Johnny Jones, yeah. Texas Southern back. Yeah, they're always there. Yeah, he, he found a good little thing there, just uh, winning at Texas Southern all the time. Um, who else? I think we talked about the like Old Dominion, they're gone, Marshall, they're gone. Um, you know, that's that's basically the East. I'm trying to think, FAU, I don't really believe in them, FIU, that's pretty garbage right now, and I think will continue to be garbage. And uh, who else is over there in the Eastern Eastern Division? That's everybody. Charlotte, Old Dominion, mm. West Kentucky. Um, yeah, that's about it. It's really just middle right now. It turns out, and that they were surprised because they were pretty bad. So I guess you, there's always a potential to surprise somebody. I don't really see that happening at FIU. I don't really see that happening at FAU. Although they feel like they're kind of building a program there. Um, I think Mike Force is like a twelfth year senior, one of those guys. He's gonna be gone. Who else you got? They had uh what's it do Greenlee, um, I said Rosado, uh, you know, a couple other guys, the guy you mentioned. They'll be somewhere in there. Uh I don't know that they're gonna be better, definitely better than middle, who apparently is good now. So, uh it's gonna be another year kind of the same thing where the road to the title is gonna be through the West. North Texas won in the regular season, and we just got to do it again in, well, the, in the tournament. I, I think you have to you got to stop yourself. Are we going to have East West again? Because that's a good we, point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, um, we we don't have we don't think we have Old Dominion and Marshall and Southern Miss. Yeah, and so an eleven team conference, it's going to be just you know a single table. If you're a soccer person, it's going to be one, you know, one uh, no division uh, standings. Well, that's, last time it was like that. We won it too, you know. We we beat everybody. Um, you know, that, I, it ends up being breaking down the same kind of way. Like it's the Western quote unquote division teams. Those are the teams we're gonna have to get through, and so that means what second, uh, second, and third. We're gonna be in that little area. Well, again, the the conference <laughs> season it won't it won't matter. Right? You're gonna have to win the tournament to get in. I, you know, I think. North Texas did the best job that they could scheduling and everything else to put themselves in position to actually be in that large team, which is crazy. Yeah. 
Um, you really you look at the lot and the loss to UTEP and you know, maybe if you want to throw out Buffalo, but I won't really throw out Buffalo. You know, the loss to UTEP probably sealed their fate. Um, and so for the conference next year, they got to do a better job, I think, winning in non-conference play. You know, they we need teams like UTEP, Louisiana Tech, North Texas to pull off some high-profile update uh, upsets. Yeah. But we also need teams like UTSA to not be God like <laughs> sub 300 in Ken Palm. Like yeah. there's no reason why the, um, the one conference, I, I think it's the, um, the Southern conference, which has Chattanooga and Furman in it to be ranked ahead of conference USA. Actually, they dropped behind us. So but just, but, but there for but yeah. the longest time. Yeah, you're right about that. Is that like when when teams are bad, it's it's everybody has somebody has to lose, right? Somebody has to be the worst team, but you can't be the worst team in the nation. You know what I mean? Let's not be that. And you know, it's like Southern Miss and and uh, and UTSA were very very bad. Like they were just awful. And they and then FIU too. If, if we could bad. get rid of yeah, if we could get rid of UTSA, Southern Miss, and FIU, I mean, we'd be pushing. The Missouri Valley A10 probably, and then who's to say that maybe we don't get that second seed? Yeah, right. We know how. I think the committee will probably understand that Conference USA has done a great job in the past of pulling upsets, but I don't think it'll be enough to get that second team like North Texas in there. And they're going to stick UAB as a 12 seed, where. You know, had we had a stronger conference this year, you could make the, the argument that they are an 11 seed. But they didn't play the schedule uh, as tough a schedule as North Texas did. Yeah, it, it's um, Conference USA's top four, five teams uh, for the past three, four years have been very good. North Texas won from, uh, I guess, what do we work, like fifth, fourth or fifth overall, if you did that. I think it was fifth overall. Yeah, and we won a tournament game. And then Louisiana Tech and Western Kentucky last year, uh, the two best teams, I thought, talent and, like, just overall season performance, they, you know, they made some noise in the, in the NIT. And they had to play each other. That kind of, that was kind of unfortunate. I think they would have got, they would have played each other, but, like, later on in the tournament if they had the opportunity. But they put them, like, in, a, in the same bracket. And then, um, you know, Marshall, that year that middle got screwed over. Marshall that season, they go on and then get a win uh, in the uh, in the NCAA tournament. It's uh, and uh, Old Dominion was the only one. They were a number one seed and they they went in. They they kind of they got they got beat. But I, well, they played Purdue. Who I was, mean, I, I know <laughs> that was really a Final good. Four quality team. I mean, yeah. well, that's what I'm saying. That's the only one you can say they didn't win in the first round. Um, you know. But my point and is to say like the year that the COVID, you know, North Texas's team, let's say that they would have gotten in, uh, you know, everybody talks Grant McCaslin can't, uh, he can't coach any offense, but that <laughs> year they had like a top 50 offense. Yeah. We were real good that year. Yeah. I mean that that's, so what are we trying to say? Conference USA is a good league. Uh, nobody's going to support the league. If we're not supporting the league, that's a, that's the thing I'll say. Is that um, uh, just to kind of close it out the the whole support thing? Is that I, in my time, 
like you know, I started out just only doing North Texas, but I felt like I got hot sports opinions doing these other ones, and we expanded out. That's why I did the USA Report. And in that time, really spending time on on all the teams, the thing I've come across is that everybody thinks that their team is better than this league, their program is better than this league, and they deserve more. And they do not back that up with money or support or whatever. They're like. If only, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but they're like, if only you played it in the backyard, in my backyard, when I felt like it, and do it for free, then I'll go support. And I, I'm like, that's, that's sort of the problem, right? Um, everybody's like, man, if this was in Nashville, we'd sell it out. Well, sure, I guess, but if you want, what I was saying, if you want any city or arena or something like that to bid, especially competitively bid, on your league like to host a title game, you have to show up. They have to say, man, look at Ford Center over there making all that money because all the Middle Tennessee fans show up. All the Marshall fans fly out there and spend all that money. I want some Marshall money. I want some Middle Tennessee money. I want some FIU money. And like, Hey, Conference USA, why don't you come over here? We'll give you a sweet deal because I want, I want to get some of these dollars. The thing is that those dollars are not being spent. They're not. Nobody's going to bid on it, right? And if you're like, well... What? That doesn't make any sense. It does make sense, right? The Big 12 championship game like bounced around from like Kansas City to... Um, was it played in St. Louis one year? Dallas? Yeah, yeah. Because people are like, please, we want to host that. We want you to be in our place. You get a lot. You get big crowds. People spend money. They, they spend nights in our hotels. This, that, and the other. If we, like Conference USA, are not doing that, then they're not going to ask us to do it. Then you're going to get the, the Ford Centers at Star, right? It's going to be that kind of thing. So you got to support it. You got to spend the money. When when we're on ESPN Plus, you got to buy the subscription. Uh, when it's on CBS Sportsnet, you have to buy the that Paramount Plus tier or whatever. You got to spend money. Do you know like how much? And I'm just asking you a new question because you know have all the knowledge of this. <laughs> I don't have all how much conf- the Conference USA like pays Jerry Jones to rent out the star? Because like I feel like it's a good financial move for you know not a huge conference to do what they do yeah i don't i don't know the going rate uh i do know that the ford centered star is sort of like a hot kind of thing now i think they're gonna they have a lot of events there and everybody was talking about all the number of events they have and, and this that and the other um so i i don't know the number uh it's not i mean i tried to do like some freedom of information request or something like that and again speaking of money uh, Mingri Nation and CUSA Report are not funded at the level for me to be filing expensive freedom of information requests, um, you know, and that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to your point, I think they get a, a decent deal with it. There's like partnerships. I think North Texas sort of helps host it. And this is the other funny part. You have some people like, oh, I can't believe this is this is Bush League, or it's always like, you know, um, whack, or, you know, whatever. North Texas helped put this event on, and so at least some North Texas people, Conference USA people, somebody dropped the ball on those stands behind the court there. Those are supposed to be student stands, and um, or just at least seating for people, but they didn't meet ADA requirements. And they had months in advance to do this, and so they were like, okay, I guess we'll just put the band there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And that, so you couldn't see it from TV because the TV was behind those stands. But there would have been more people. 
there would have been more stuff there. There was coordination stuff, you know, mishaps. So if it looked kind of weird, you're like, why? It seems like they're missing some space. It's because they didn't do a good job. That's the bottom line. Somebody dropped the ball along the line. If you're like, well, that's that's the conference's fault. Sure, but who funds the conferences? These 14 teams, right? When you're talking about, like, these 14, you know, presidents hired Judy McLeod. So if you hate Judy McLeod, talk to your president. Just get her out of there, right? That's the kind of deal. And whatever the case is, the, the decision has been made. Everybody is too late to have those kinds of conversations. Now it's going to the AAC. And what I'm concerned about from North Texas' perspective is that we had the same attitude about leaving the Sun Belt, saying Sun Belt's lame, Sun Belt's Bush League. You know, we're going to a real conference. We're going to go to Conference USA. And now we're saying, oh, Conference USA sucks. It could be that we're just we're the sucky person, <laughs> the sucky program. It's a possibility. You're like, no, we're not. It's actually middle. Middle's chasing us around. Or it's actually Western. You know, they FIU could be. I mean, they did join us. They were part of the Sun Belt problem. It's mainly just Seth Patrol. That's, uh, <laughs> Seth Patrol, you know, he gets too hyped up, uh, you know. It's like a big game. Let me uh, let me do a two-yard dive. <laughs> let me do another two-yard dive. And we get a quarterback that can't uh, throw an accurate ball. Let's, let's see if he can fire a pinpoint pass in here. Um so, I, you know, whatever. We're going to the AAC, and, you know, everybody's like, it's great, we're in the Dickies, it's so amazing, it's, you know, whatever. It, I don't think that's going to solve any problems. Uh, if North Texas fans don't show up and don't buy tickets to the same level that everybody else does, you know, that Memphis or Houston did or do, that's going to be a problem, right? Well, we have to put a good product on the floor to buy yeah. tickets, right? Yeah. You, if you lose McCaslin, you got to replace him with somebody else. Um, that's just as good. Actually, mm -hmm. that's better. And you got to continue to to raise the level of your programs. You can't just, yeah. You know, it it's it's on both parties, right? And it's not yeah. just on fans to buy tickets. The administration's got to put forth the effort. And I think Ren, for the most part, and the president and the board, they do. Um, but we we know as fans that they missed the ball on some opportunities, yeah. right? Any big company does. So yeah. everybody's just got to improve. Yeah, I, 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 my point is not that it's only on one party or on another party. I, I think that it's good to call it out. It's like when there is quality, fans need to snatch it. And if you're like, well, I'm a little hesitant because I've been burning years past, you know, I know you know about this guy, Ricky V, he runs a restaurant. Uh, <laughs> you know, he kind of, he, he, you know, he burned me one too much. I'm real hesitant to reach for my wallet. And I get that, right? But I think there has to be a little bit like, let's go spend the money, you know, if you're the university. Let's spend the money and, and hope hope fans will spend their money. And, you know, like we'll, we will take a, a go out on a limb and hire a coach, spend big bu bucks, but then we need the fans to spend the big bucks, you know, to buy the seats, to, to show up to games, to buy the tickets, all that kind of stuff, so to make it a worthwhile investment. You know, it's the basketball shorts thing again, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So I think we've uh, we've rambled on a bit uh, long. Is there anything else you want to say, Greg? Um, what does your your big board tell you? Are we are we a number one seed in the West now? <laughs> <laughs> number one? No, that that would be was that Gonzaga or Arizona? Probably probably Arizona. 
Did Did you watch that uh, Arizona UCLA game? I I, I recorded it. Uh, so I'm you, gonna. Why would you record? Who record? I I want to see Arizona. I know they're good. I want to. I just kind of want to see what's going on with them. They They run that in Gonzaga type offense. They play fast. I want to see it. Yeah, I mean, that's look. That's one of the things. Yes, they they run people out of the gym. They're they are really athletic and really well conditioned. Um, I don't know, like though, if if they got pulled into a game. Like if they ran up against a a Villanova, yeah, um, somebody who can slow you down, defend you possession to possession. I don't know if they can beat that team. And they did lose their point guard. I can't think of what his name is. It was the white guy with the headband. He like <laughs> rolled his ankle. It, it was it was one of them foreigners. They got like fifteen foreigners on that team. <laughs> like ESPN did like a, a game day on them where they they could all speak four different languages <laughs> kind of like that um the utah team back in the day with uh keith van horn yeah yeah they could all speak different languages <laughs> so it was the the Kerr, i don't know kursa he was a six three point guard freshman yeah um he like hurt his ankle in um i think the win over colorado or stanford it was the win over stanford he hurt his ankle real bad and they had to carry him off the court so i don't know how that injury is gonna impact them I mean, it might be in March. week injury maybe but yeah you know yeah. one thing like everybody loves to do this when they pick their brackets they look at this week they look at conference championship week and they're like well this team was playing really good so they're going to play well in march or in march madness no that it doesn't there's no real translation there Except Sometimes for North Texas last happen. year North Texas last year we were playing real well now and yeah but for, okay yeah. so uh, take the men major equation out of it the, those leagues those multi-bid leagues yeah right yeah. duke uh, did not play well it hasn't been playing well but they could play well in the tournament people like if a&m gets in yeah they played well in the sec tournament but i don't think they're winning a lot in march yeah in the big dance so i mean it's all about matchups you get good matchups you know, conference championship week is it's just a different animal. Like it's yeah, because I mean, it, everybody's locked in. You've already seen these people, and then there's a different level of intensity. It's a, it's a neutral site. You know what? I but gotta it's, say, because you, you're talking about white guys with headbands. Uh, yeah, I got a good look at Michael Byers, Marshall guy up close. And I gotta say that you look, you got a little bit Michael Byers, maybe, maybe do the ancestry.com. And you're going to find out y'all are, y'all are like fourth cousins or something like that. That's why I like this game so much because, you know, he plays like me. Like, you know, why why is Greg taking that shot? That bad shot. The... <laughs> hey, I you have a better three-point percentage than him, you know. It, it turns out if you play for Dan D'Antoni, he would say, you know what? that's That was a real good game, son. I, yeah, my coach was nothing like D'Antoni. I mean, if you took a three off a fast break, you, you'd probably lose a finger. Yeah, we we played in the wrong era. I mean, and uh, probably with the wrong genes. But you know, uh, yeah, my coach was not a fan of three pointers. Um, he wanted he wanted posts. You know, he he was a flex offense kind of guy. Uh, I I would play the four spot, and I would take uh, an ill advised three, occasionally. But I knew if it went in, I was gonna stay in the game. If it didn't, I was gonna get an early rest, and that's 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 kind of what happened. So you know, so it it helped me work on my threes because I didn't want to play the game. It just means I have to hit this one and just transition three. You know what I mean? That's what happens. <laughs> and with that, when it, when we start talking about high school, uh, terrible high school, early high school, you know, we're, I was not very good. Um, 
it's time to end the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Mean Green Nation podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Subscribe. Uh, tell your friends, to your mom, to your uncle. Um, you know, my dad, it's funny. My dad's like, hey, I, I read your blog. That, that was a good point. I was like, uh, how many years have been, I've been doing this, dad? You ain't, you ain't read it. Yeah. My mom, my mom, my mom reads it. Uh, but yeah, this is, yeah, subscribe, go to the site, mingreennation.com. That's where you can find all the stuff. Uh, you know, so the blog posts, podcast links, and whatever other stuff that we're doing or try to do. Like I said, recently we sold the shirts. Um, you know, we got some money in, in uh, DeAndre Torres' pocket. That was kind of cool. It wasn't a whole lot. It wasn't $8 million. I can tell you that much. Um, you know, uh, I still got a mortgage. I didn't get rich off of that. Uh, and, you know, stuff like that. Greg, he's on Twitter. Uh, MG underscore, was it B-Ball Report? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. You can see it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see you. We'll, we'll talk about the NIT, uh, if and when that comes, uh, and whatever that happens there. Uh, or the NCAA tournament. We believe. We believe. By the time you listen to this show, you will know whether or not it's the thing. So that's, that's the good part, right? This is, you know, you're like, man, these boys don't even know. Or you'd be like, look at them. They're all speculating. None of that matters. Um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. We appreciate your time. Go me green.